0: Welcome back, everybody, to another brand new episode of Your Favorite Podcast. This is the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. And as always, I am your host, Maverick Levy. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the show. I promise that if you love music or even love to listen to music or the music business in general, then you will absolutely love today's episode. We also discuss culture, all that good stuff. So definitely it's such a good episode if you like all of that. However, if you're a regular listener, then you know the drill. So let's go over a few things before we hop into today's interview. But I said, if you're a regular listener, how about if you're a new listener? First off, welcome to the show. I'm happy to have you listening to the show. I feel grateful that you're tuned in. And the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is go check out the website for the podcast. T-B-O-T-B-Pod. You know, I was talking to Jordan Winter of the Dust Brothers. They produce the show. Shout out, DB Podcast. And a lot of other shows don't have a way for you to interact with a podcast on another level. So make sure you head to the website, tbotbpod.com. There, you can find a way to contact the guest, put a face with the voice that you're hearing, or read a little bit more about the show or about the guest in general. Next, there are also social media pages for the podcast at tbotbpod. The social media pages are cool because sometimes we do giveaways, we post random information, we post random pictures, but mostly you'll get to hear some cool clips of the show. You'll get to see when a new show comes out. So definitely go check out the social media pages and the website. But lastly, everyone, Please remember, the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Now, let's go into another interview with someone who truly is the best of the best in what they do. Today's guest is someone that I am super excited to have on the show. He is one of the best of the best people in the music industry. His history, his credentials show that. And it proves that he's held executive positions at places like Rock Nation, Def Jam, Epic Records, Motown. And he also has a few of his own projects going on. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Benny Pugh to the best of the best podcasts. Benny, how you
1: doing? Oh, man, Jesus, I didn't know who you were speaking about. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much, man. I'm doing great. And thank you for having me here. Listen, thank you for driving all the
0: way down to the office. We're in South Florida for all of you listeners that don't know that I've moved here. I've talked about that on the show. And in Florida, if you're not from here, it's different. People don't like to drive. I know. Are you originally from New Jersey is where you? I'm a New Yorker. A New Yorker. Yorker. Okay. Okay. So you're from New York and some people drive a little bit further there. It's usual to drive a little bit further, like where I'm from in Michigan. But in Florida, people don't want to drive, right?
1: You know, we're old school and it's a different way of life living between new york and miami it's you know the mindset is truly um all the way different in new york you know a car is a necessity in the suburbs yeah right born and raised in the suburbs
0: also did look white plains white
1: plains new york so that's 30 minute train ride outside of nyc but you know growing up everyone had to have a car you know that was that's what you strive and you thought about pre-uber You know, like nobody buys a car, which financially is kind of crazy when you think about what you spend on Ubers that you don't own. You know, people in seven, eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars a month. It's nuts. It's, <laughs> it's insane. It's, it's insane. Right? Yeah.
0: I actually, one of my closest family friends is an orthodontist in the city. Right. So my dad and I decided, you know, instead of paying for braces, eight, nine thousand, we'll just take a trip there every few weeks, father-son time. And I physically saw I remember seeing the transition of flagging down taxis then I got Uber on my phone and I started to see that transition and then you start to realize that same thing because the family actually had a car so we would sometimes drive it uh, in the city which was just you know it was a blast for my dad and I to sit there drive honk the horn that the whole nine yards but you know it was so funny but Let's get back on track. Let's talk about you for a little bit. I want the listeners to know you a little bit better. So you grew up in New York. A question I always like to ask is, when you were a little boy,
1: what did you think you were gonna do when you were an adult? You know, that's a great question. Originally, I wanted to be a truck driver. My father was a truck driver and sometimes we get impressions from our parents, right? Lead by example. So my father, who's uh, an amazing, representative of mine on really what a man should be and a provider. His main focus was in bringing in, you know, the bacon was driving trucks. So
0: did you watch Smokey and the Bandit at oh, all? Oh, are you serious? Of uh, course. Breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9. baby. Got Smokey Bear
1: up in the woods hiding. <laughs> How you know about Smokey and listen, the Bandit, man? <laughs> I li- listen,
0: I wish that CBs were still a thing. Yeah. I really do. I would have been on there, you know. The Bandit, baby. Wow. We gotta run. Eastbound and down, roll it up in toga. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you go to college? Of course. I went to um, St. John's University in Queens. I had a double major in Communication and Marketing. Nice.
0: All right. Listen to that. I always like to ask that question because in today's day and age, you meet a lot of successful people. I'd say I'm about split on the show. 50% went to college, 50% did not. And I always like the listeners to know that because I'm very torn on college and we
1: won't get into it. I think that's really interesting that you said that. And I hope my response didn't come across the wrong way. And I I, I think about it in respect to when I grew up, a lot of the millionaires and even probably currently were salespeople, right? The majority of the millionaires in in the U.S. are people who actually do sales. I think there are two courses of action in how you look and value success, right? And when I said, of course, for me, why it was so affirmative is I was the first in my family to graduate college of probably a hundred cousins. That's amazing. And that's something to be proud of. Of course. So it's a different, it's, you know, it's just a different accomplishment.
0: Absolutely. No, it's something to be proud of. I didn't take it the wrong way at all. I didn't even think twice about it, honestly. (laughs) But let's go into the meat of the interview. I always say, you know, it's the nitty gritty. Let's go. And I think the best place to start for an interview like this because of your history is to give you the floor for a little bit, very briefly, you know, five minutes and let you talk about your journey that you've had through the music industry where you started, which I believe is maybe 30 years ago from this month, August 1990, if I did my research correctly
1: damn that's scary man you fbi (laughs) but definitely not (laughs) i'm nervous now (laughs) definitely not the
0: feds but 30 years ago to this august which is absolutely insane you have the years underneath your belt again shows why you're the best of the best but benny the floor is yours tell us briefly about your journey through the music industry you know what roles you played and what positions you held
1: so it's really interesting how i actually found my way into the music business. While attending St. John's University, I did stand-up. And during um, my tenure as a comedian, I was uh, booked for a show at this place called a cellar on 96 in Amsterdam. And the lady who, her and her partner, who uh, hired me for the show that night, she was the local promoter for Motown Records. And at the end of the show, she asked me why they were paying me. You know that handsome fee of 25 dollars. <laughs> what was my plans and i literally just graduated from college and be quite honest i didn't have any plans you know it's you graduate college and you know what's next yeah didn't have a job lined up so it was really interesting she said why don't you come down and be my intern and from where i'm from the neighborhood we never even knew what interns were so it was I did what most people would say. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded interesting, so I went down to Motown Records and prior to that, my background was in sales. So I'd sold things like cutlery door to door. I worked for uh, Citibank, sold their financial products. I drove limos. You know, I did any and everything to, to all day, every day. So my uniform of choice when I went down for the interview. It was a three piece and uh, wingtips and an anti case. Now, needless to say, the music business, it may be different because of the time, but it's still a creative business. So, me walking in with the three piece and the shoes, people were like, yo, who is this cornball, <laughs> right? I think the three piece suits are so fresh, <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I love three piece suits. Yeah, but it's, you know, think of the music business at that point as the equivalent of tech. True now yeah. so you wouldn't walk in a tech company with a three piece suit on no matter yeah. how funky you make it with sneakers or however right yeah. you just wouldn't do it so of that's course. what it that's what it was and you know when i got there i realized that you know it was interesting because i had no aspiration or ambitions to be in the business i pretty much fell into it so i started in the college department and i supported the woman who brought me on and it was really interesting on learning the business, I started doing her expenses. So I was an assistant in some post grad internship paying me twenty five dollars a week. So during that period she showed me how to do expenses, you know, T and E. Yeah. And at that point I didn't even know what T and E was, you know, travel and expenses for those who don't know. So as I was um rectifying, correlating and doing all the things needed to be done, I felt kind of uh, sheepish and embarrassed. Like I thought it was her paycheck that I was reconciling this information because when the check came in, I put it. and I said to her, "I said, you know what? I don't really feel comfortable knowing how much you make. You know, is how do yeah. you feel about that?" And she's like, "No, baby, what are you talking about?" I was like, "I get your check and I, you know, taping." She's like, "No, that's the expenses." I said, "Okay, what's the expenses?" Wow. So she explained to me. She said, "My airfare, the company pays for it." the uh, train they pay for it, my car note they pay for it, the insurance they pay for, my cable bill, my cell phone. And you know, all the drinks we're having every night, they pay for that too. I said, what? Yeah, you're probably mind blown. Oh, I wanna do this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when, um, you know, it opened my eyes, not only from just the business aspect, but realizing the freedom and creativity that the business allowed. So. That's in the point when I really fell in love with the music business, understanding, you know, the back end of it, being taught the information and then having an opportunity to um, change people's lives on promoting their music on the radio. And, you know, at that point in time, you know, superstars were made in maybe like 12 weeks. So it's the equivalent of going viral right now. Right. So it's just a longer period because technology only gave, you know, that's what it was. Yeah,
0: that was a limitation. That's what was the
1: limitation at that point. So needless to say, I stayed there for three years, became a regional director of promotions, moved on from there and went on to work for Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis at Perspective Records. They were the guys back in the 90s that did like all of Janet Jackson's albums. And that's a huge, huge producers. Did that for 364 days, went to Arista, moved to Washington, D.C., and that was the run and era of Bad Boy Records, LaFace Records, I was really interested in taking Goody Mob on the road, which CeeLo Green came out of. It was yeah. like one of the first people to, you know, take them out as a new band. Monica and Usher, they were really kids at 14 years old. It's crazy. Working with them and now seeing, you know, where their careers had blossomed and grown to. You know, I took Biggie on the road and Craig Mack and, you know, all total, all of those things, those artists as well spent my time there for a year and a half got a promotion moved back from dc to new york uh with mca records stayed there on the east coast for about a year and moved west and had an an incredible time it was the first time i lived on the west coast for seven years worked some artists like shaggy it wasn't me you know it's crazy they have a commercial with the record that i actually broke right that was a part of that casey and jojo all my life which is probably a wedding song anthem know, been a part of that. And Mary J. Blige, the queen of hip-hop and soul, worked her four albums after the 411. Moved back from the West Coast to New York. Def Jam came knocking on the door and asked me to come and be the senior vice president of promotions. And the two chairs that brought me in, Lear Cohen and Kevin Lyles, you know, nine months later, after they brought me from the West Coast, they left. So here walks in this guy, L.A. Reed, who was, you know, obviously a, a massive big honcho In the music business and he assembled a team of some like probably some of the biggest a-lister executives in the game as well as we had an incredible run of talent that was signed rihanna young jeezy rick ross justin bieber walked in another 14 year old mariah the emancipation of mimi you know she had two standards off of that album which was exceptional and, and incredible as well spent the time there left after uh, eight years and went to Epic Records. And that was um, an amazing time because then I got a real peak, becoming the executive vice president of of the label of the real back office of the music business, looking at you know how the nuts and bolts work. And also had my real, real opportunity to reach into the creative realm, signed Future, signed Yo signed uh, Cash Out. He was the kid that had the record right around with that Nina, yeah, right? yeah. And And uh, DJ Khaled came on. Followed us over from Def Jam over to Epic 21 Savage, Travis Scott, Bobby Shmurda, actually, as well. Yeah, it just came home. Bobby. Bobby, right? Yes, sir. Um, So part of that, but it was really amazing seeing how the business worked because music companies are kind of different than other companies are. Is that you know each department, which probably are similar, people operate in their silos of what they do and don't see the totality of the business. And the music business is very complex, definitely. But in an isolation, you really don't know how you know the other end of, operates, of, and that keeps you isolated. So that was what was really important for me going to Epic and getting that opportunity, which set me up for the next move was going over to Rock Nation where it was um you know an incredible experience which I did something totally different than what I've never done before you know really um getting into the distribution aspect set up equity distribution which is was the subsidiary of Rock Nation Music uh, so artists at the in the distribution end of things had an opportunity to be upstream into the major label so with that concept and understanding you know i decided to take a bet on myself and step out of the music business from a corporate standpoint and start my own label diverse media which is similar to distribution aspect of what companies work so i have a my own artist a repertoire artist on directly to diverse her name is paris gatlin and we also have independent artists who can Hold on to their rights and masters that we upstream to the DSP. So super excited about you know the future and yeah. what's to come.
0: God damn man! I mean that is one hell of credentials that you have in the music business. I mean you talked about huge names, right? And I want to go back to because a lot of the listener base of this show is younger. You'll hear me say that kind of often, and this all stems back to what i took away from this conversation is you saying yes to something that you didn't even know what you were going to do you saying yes to the lady that was asking you to come in and do this at motown records and you didn't know what it was but you were saying yes because you felt that there was an opportunity there you had that drive you had that hustle you had the motivation you had the fire under your ass to push you to say yes to something like that i think you know all of the names you said, and everything was amazing about that. But for all of you listeners out there, look how one single decision that people might've turned away in today's day and age, because they didn't know what it was gonna entail. They didn't know how much responsibility they were gonna have to take on. And I think that's something with kids, you know, my age and your son sitting here, for all the listeners, this isn't visual people our age, they're not willing to say yes to types of opportunities anymore. And it's something that I talk about on the show, something I want to change the rhetoric of because it's terrible. And, you know, everyone out there that's listening right now, one decision of something that you might be scared, can I do this? Can I not do this? He didn't know if he could do it. He knew that he was going to try 100%. But he didn't know if he could do it. And look at where he is today. Look at who he is. Look at who he worked with. Look at his accomplishments, his achievements. If you go to his website, you can see his awards that he's won there. and He has done substantial things in this industry, groundbreaking things, all based on one decision that he didn't know what the hell was included in that, what he was going to have to do. So I just want to take a second to say that. But man, anyway, I can't tell you how awesome everything that you've accomplished is because it speaks volumes to the amount of impact you've had in the music business but i want to talk about your role as an executive among these labels what was your day-to-day looking like you sort of talked about how you didn't know how different sectors of within the same business operated which made you keep focused on what you were doing and to push forward what was your day-to-day looking like? Were you getting pulled in a million different directions or did you wake up every day knowing what you had to accomplish and knowing what you had to tackle?
1: It's a little bit of both. It's no different than being an entrepreneur. And before I get to that, I definitely have to say what you said was so powerful. The fact of where the generation, right, the Gen Z mindset is. And part of being in entertainment is staying connected to the youth. Like, yeah. You have to, right? Music is young, it's vibrant, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's the creative, it's on the cusp of what change is all about, right? When you look at everything that happens in life and love and history, yeah. you know, music is always associated with it. And I think what's different for this generation and realize every generation has had this generation, so nah. it's not new, Yeah. is the fact that technology has changed things. So, you know, the hustle and the grind is done differently now, you know, people think they hustle setting up programs yeah. and reminders and those things. And yeah. sometime the rubber has to hit the road for you to understand. And I think yeah. what you were saying in regards to my taking that risk is realizing how important it is not to think that your first job, you're gonna be the CEO. 100%. And uh, your generation, everyone smarter, Right, more exposed to information, but that doesn't give you the right to think day one. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have aspirations. 100%. Aspirations are important, right? Then it's practicality. Yeah. You can't be the CEO if you've never worked a job. (laughs) 100%. And I think the generation is just losing, you know, just perspective on the hustle and the grind, but. Are very, very afforded a different hustle and grind if you're willing to commit, you know, full heartedly to what you believe in.
0: I couldn't agree with that more. One of my previous episodes about, you know, I don't know when this is gonna drop. So it was the one actually about boating. The boats I told you about, I had the CEO and co founder, not the co founder, but the CEO on the show. We talked about the same thing because I like to bring that up because it's important for the listeners to hear. And he had someone that started off as a janitor sweeping the floors of the factory is now their number one salesman. And I'm sure he's making you know, six, seven <laughs> figures. But it goes to show right. right. I mean that it's a generic, you know, almost cliche analogy where you start as a janitor and you work your way up but it still holds true to today. And I don't know why our generation, and I'm looking at your son here, why our generation has lost that touch. But I think what you said, is important because of technology and the overnight success. And I think that has taken it's both good and bad to me. I see the pros, I see the cons. And I try and constantly balance which is better because you have this ideology now in today's day and age where, you know, I could post a song, I could post a video, I'll get a million likes, I'll get five million likes, especially on TikTok. Great way to, you know, promote growth and have growth on your social media. But at the end of the day, shit takes time. To build a great company takes time. You're not going to be an overnight success with a company from day one. Maybe one video will, but starting that company, shit, that's going to take, what, five years, 10 years to even get to a place where people look at you, respect you, and see, wow, this person put in the time. They put in the time. They didn't half-ass it. They put in the time to sit there to make this company what it is today. Sorry to interrupt you because I know you're so problem. You're
1: spot on, and I'm just going to echo what you said in regards to creation, and it also blend into what my day was like. But you have to think about like the music business is no different than business and and it is business. Yeah. But artists, you know, your discovery with artists is at your point when you discover. It's rare that someone comes out of nowhere your discovery is when it actually you know all of the tea leaves you know all connect and now it's on your radar but most artists i mean when you think about success they've been around for three years four it's years crazy, and longer before you've even heard of them for sure and at that point when life happens right when the point of intersection hits yeah that's when popularity happens so back to my day-to-day i was very disciplined on realizing how to manage my time and i think success is always about time management you know everything else is yeah. secondary to be quite honest for sure because ultimately it's how you're able to execute during the course of your day so i have a routine that i still live in you know live Let's by It's, you know, I start my day in the morning at six o'clock, you know, wake up, do my prayers, I do my stretching, you know, I go to my computer, get all my emails that come in. So I'm a guy who does emails either early or late. Because you lose, that'll rob your time. You have to be careful of time robbers. You know, people who have agendas and they have needs that don't really move you forward. Yeah, for sure. Right, so you can be the best, re- you know, like I love these people who respond in nanoseconds. Yeah. It's like, what do you do all day, right? Like, what do you do? Like, other than just respond to people instantaneously. Now, there is um, protocol and time management respect of being timely, but the things that are important, to uh, closing or moving things forward are the things you respond to so i even organize my folders of you know value high value low so who's coming in so during the course of the day if i have to you know it's important when i was obviously inside of a corporation you know after that may work out stretch and then I, i get into right now we're in um four different companies so i have time allotted for each company as far as dealing with their business per se, you know, between the real estate. I have a book that's coming out. My record company and also the clients that um you know do project management for. I break my fast at twelve o'clock, so I don't eat until twelve. Wow. I do intermittent fasting between twelve and eight, you know, unless I'm down in Miami and yeah. i choose just to you know live a little differently. Yeah,
0: of course. And
1: then you know I get to. Um, working during the course of the day and it's six o'clock I do my return phone calls so it's important for me to get back to those I need to get back to but I don't want to be bogged down in the day of just picking up calls from people once again time robbers (laughs) right and it works for me so in the corporation realize walking in it was imperative to get in early and also start your day early because once the day started after everyone's walked in went to the bathroom ate, chat 10 30 11 o'clock the day's running, right? These is high productivity times between 11 and five, right? Where everybody's banging and humming and getting it done. So you have to be able to adjust to that as well and make sure. So when they're pulling the majority, the baseline of what I need to get done is done. And then that carries over into the next day.
0: I couldn't tell you how much I love that because that goes to show how organized your time management is. Again, I've had an episode on time management, super interesting to me, changed my perspective on the way I live life. This guy, Dave Crenshaw, talks about how multitasking is a myth. He breaks it down. You can't even argue against it, really. I mean, there's a few things you right. can, but you you can't even argue against it. And if you haven't listened to that episode, all the listeners, I suggest you go back because a lot of what you talk about, he talks about. And it goes to show where if you're focused on doing something, you don't have time to pick up a phone call and call someone back because that's going to interrupt what you're doing, which in essence is going to take more time out of your day, right? It's very important. I love that you broke that down in that way. Going back to the music industry as a whole, I think now, and correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the time people find artists, labels find artists is through the internet. They see an up and coming artist, but I think it's important for the listeners to know the history. So back in the day, how were record labels finding talent to sign. You know, there wasn't TikTok, Instagram, SoundCloud. How are you going out there and finding these talented artists to sign? Because the radio was only playing people that were popular, right? Or in their city was coming up. So I'm a, I'm a big radio guy. I still listen to radio shows today. You know, I hate that it's going away sort of, but I'm a podcaster too, so I'm on, this bo- <laughs> I'm on both ends of the right. spectrum. But back in the day, how were you finding
1: talent to sign? So let's be clear. And once again, I think, uh, this is what I love about your generation. And when you think about life, right, in its totality, no matter what you believe in your faith, right? Whether you're Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Jewish, right? There's really nothing new relatively under the sun all right there's alterations obviously there are inventions that have been key things that haven't exist but the mind has been a powerful tool since we all landed here yeah so now what does that mean in music technology is actually just put everything in one source doesn't make stars think about spotify uploads eighty thousand songs a day a month how do you compete so now you have the opportunity to get yourself up put the music out nobody hears it yeah right so the difference between what the music business has done and continues to do is make stars and is just because you're an artist and you can create music doesn't make you a star without a team Mm -hmm. and ideally what people fail to realize about music companies that they are experts that know the difference between talent. So, you know, whether it's right now if you're on SoundCloud or you have your own mechanism or algorithms or whatever you're doing, you know, via your computer or the internet, you also have to be dynamic to realize what's moving. It's always still good to be connected to the streets. Who's in the club? Who has a friend? Have you ever heard? And that still works in finding real talent. What uh, the internet has done is put it all in one place to a degree, but that's very difficult when you think about how much music, as well as how much is contrived on that. You know, there's a lot of gas on as well. So, you know, the people who have keen ears, true understanding of the business, true understanding of music, right? Songs are still important. And understanding the marketing and promotion aspect is what's going to be really key.
0: So in a day and age like today where you talk about it sort of brings it all into one, which is on this internet platform, Mm -hmm. we see this trend of people trying to be independent artists. We see this trend of people sort of giving the middle finger to record labels. And as an outsider, someone who's a big fan of music, you know, I use it to get in my feels, to get out of my feels, to motivate me how do you think we're going to continue to see this trend and why do you think we're seeing this trend of independent artists coming out and saying you know we don't need a record label will you break that down for all the listeners i think part
1: of it is just ignorance not that the people are ignorant i think the music business has got a bad rap rightfully so in some instances but also if you're drake as an independent are you mad that you were an independent and now you're drake right he's he's a superstar so the difference between discovery and superstardom is profound talent is always going to be found and labels still make stars we'll sit here for hours talking about how many independent artists have become superstars of course that doesn't mean independent artists haven't made careers doesn't mean independent artists don't have success doesn't mean, you know, a lot of the factors enjoying their art and their craft is all relative to whom the person are. But if you want superstardom, you're going to connect with someone who can move you through all of the channels to take you to where you want to get to.
0: For sure. And again, going back on to the artists and independent artists and having this big ego and giving the middle finger to, a question I've always had, and I have a very close friend and that owns a pretty big recording studio up in the metro detroit area called royal house recording you know god is always there mm-hmm. doug's always there all these guys are always there and i always ask you know are these guys down to earth guys or you know do they have a big ego are they assholes from your experience do you think a majority of them are down to earth or do you think they have big egos or you know I, it's so funny because like a week ago, I was sitting with my girlfriend, we were watching some YouTube videos. And I forget how we stumbled upon it was a concert that they were showing. And it was actually Jay Z and Kanye playing a song. And the crowd was just going insane. And to see all of those people there for two people. Do you think that adds into why you see sometimes this rhetoric of people being an asshole because they know people wanna see them. They know people wanna pay to listen to them or watch them. So are a lot of them, I guess it's a very loaded question, but are a lot of them you know, assholes or down to earth guys? And do you think the fame gets to a lot of them too?
1: We have to stop thinking of artists as like a whole different species. I agree. They're people. For sure. <laughs> all right. If they're an ass now, they were not ass before. You just have to know, you know, their high school, <laughs> who they were in high school or. You think though?
0: Because I've heard some stories, like I said, you know, I, I've definitely heard some stories where artists, they were cool, but then they got the money, they got the fame, and they had people basically, you know, on them all the time, trying to get this, trying to get that. And they said, okay, now I'm this resource, right? So I think, again, sometimes it's sort of them putting up a blocker to block out the BS that people are trying to mooch off them or leech off them. But I mean, I don't know. I push back a little bit on that, but you okay, obviously okay. know more no, than no, I no. do. No, we're gonna
1: get into it though. So I think fame, right? Money is only a vehicle at the grand scheme of things. Popularity is only exposure. If either of those are contributed to you changing the core of who you are, then it was always there in you anyway. Yeah. So, uh, we call that chameleon. Me yeah, and my boys, yeah, right. You, you've been waiting for this moment yeah. just to be who you are. Yeah. So, once given the power, what do you do with it? ideally it's no different than, you know, the guy who just hit Bitcoin or, you know, the hedge fund guy or the big, you know, real estate guy or the yacht guy, right? Who are they? I mean, like if it's not in your heart and your soul and your mind to be the best that you can be, then you're going to be who you are. If you're an ass, then you're just an ass because that shouldn't be the defining moment for you, right? As an individual, um, realize that, What happens with a a lot of these artists is if you think about it, it's like Lotto. Ideally, one day you hit, (laughs) right? You go from nothing to something. We don't hear about many millionaire, billionaire artists that come into the business and all button up and, you know, they've managed everything properly. You know, their finances are in order. You know, we don't hear about that. We hear about, you know, people who've, either come from humble beginnings or come from nothing, who get a lot and have to deal with everything coming down on them at one time, Absolutely. which you know what, as individuals, we all might alter our behavior as well. Yeah. So I think what's probably even more complex that is staying creative as all of that comes and how you have to zone out all of us who you know have creative aspects or even just life every day, You have to stay focused and zone out the noise yeah so i don't think we can isolate artists from having to deal with how they process and channel right to make sure like one i have to keep giving me to the world and what i learned doing the comedy aspect in which artistry as artists as well is think about it you're being judged every day you put it all out for people to say thumbs up thumbs down so You know, there's going to be some alterations in ego maybe or not. And, you know, there's going to be some pretentiousness and, you know, what you might not get to know me. So I think the evaluation comes from the deeds, how you measure people, not just by actions. You know, you catch them in a bad night at a club or stepping out of a car, like, you know, who knows? Yeah, And I think it's very important for
0: you, what you said is they're still human. A lot of these people have this idea in their head, they're aliens. They don't think (laughs) like humans. They don't shit, right? Their shit (laughs) smells good, you know? (laughs) what i mean so exactly great product exactly (laughs) but you know i think it's important that you say that because again i want to mention this and then we'll switch off to something else because we have this whole like thing that i've been trying to combat i had an episode on it solo episode me talking for about an hour about cancel culture and it blows my mind that these fucking people are not able to understand that people can have their own opinion and you don't have to agree with it No one's saying you have to agree with it right? And I think that it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about because when you see people, oh, that person's an asshole because they like this person or they don't like that person, who cares, right? They're producing good music and you like it, listen to them. It doesn't matter what they like or what they don't like. So this idea of canceling based upon someone's opinion because they're human, just like you, I bet you that that person that's quote unquote canceling has something about them that other people don't like and would see that as bad. But At the end of the day, like you said, we're human. It doesn't matter if you don't agree with someone. Don't agree with them. Agree to disagree is what I always say. That's lost. Why did we forget about that?
1: You know, that's... Wow, man. We could talk about that for hours. I know, right? That's how I I don't understand it either when it comes to choice. Why do you choose to be involved with something or someone you don't like? Like, why put that energy in? It's crazy. Uh, It's beyond me. Like, I want to prove to you that I don't like you or it's not... (laughs) Like that's just too much.
0: Yeah, I literally couldn't agree with you more. On that episode, I said instead of canceling someone, quote unquote, just fucking stop talking about them. <laughs> that's gonna cancel them yeah. more, right? You're bringing all this attention yeah. and this shit's crazy. But like <laughs> we, like we'll, maybe we'll have another episode yeah, about man, it for we just sure. Get in on it. <laughs> Absolutely. But Benny, what does
1: music mean to you? Man, music changed my life. It's given me the opportunity to see how people actually commit their lives and the vulnerability and put it in the hands of others. I mean, it's a trust factor when working and having the opportunity to work with artists because outside of their music, man, they're truly vulnerable. Yeah. They're not the marketing department. They're not the creative department. You know, They're not the publicity department. They're none of the aspects of the business. They are the creative, they're the artists, they're the fuel to the engine. And that they give the trust into the people with the corporation to move them forward. And I realized the value of that and that's what I felt in love with was realizing my expertise could actually move and matter people's lives and change people's lives and the music that they put out could actually transcend change someone right you could be going through a bad moment in your life and hear a song that you know it might stop you from going somewhere dark for sure right your 18th birthday like you hear this song that just set you all the way off right yeah. and so that was what's it's been really um important with me in this journey is realizing the power of music and how, you know, it's going to be here, right? Long after we're gone, and what it was indicative of the times and what the times meant. So, yeah, for sure. I love being a part of that.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said about music can change someone, can bring them to a happier place, can bring them to a more level place, more level headed place. Artists put out music, and a lot of the time, you know, it's what they're feeling. It's what's going through their head and going back. They're humans. We, a lot of us have the same thoughts. A lot of us are scared to talk about some of the thoughts, but you relate to it and you use it in the way that you want to, to help yourself. And I think that's very important. But moving on the music industry. And again, this is sort of from an outsider perspective because I've had other music professionals, producer, rapper, you know, engineer, the owner of the studio on the show. There's this connotation in the music industry that especially now, I think that labels are out to get the artists, right? They're out to get that bag that's for the artists and they're trying to get it for them. And we see this connotation that the labels are only looking out for their best interests and not the artist's best interests. What would be your response to someone
1: that's saying that? How much work have they actually done? Like this is probably the most equitable period in music business history that people can actually do the best deal they want. Mm -hmm. They're gonna always be people on both sides. They're the ones who never get a deal that are always kind of like what we're talking about cancel culture. They're robbing everybody. They're taking, but nobody wants you because you're not talented, (laughs) right? (laughs) I mean, to be quite honest, right? Uh, Just talent is what prevails uh, at, at the end of the day. And what I would recommend to artists going to, in any situation, which once again, the music business is a business, you wouldn't go, to get your first mortgage and not prepare yeah. right because guess what the banker that sits on the other side of the desk might have seen three thousand applications and has every option that you could come up with yeah. out of opposition to counter you and box you in yeah. because it's a one-off for so sure. you need to prepare yourself for the deal that you're about to embark in so those who are prepared are willing to give only what they're willing to give because you don't have to take a bad deal for sure you don't yeah. because in today's culture we just talked about it yeah you can put your own music out you can go on that grind so if they don't want to give you a great deal then don't take it absolutely the choice is yours
0: it always has been that's right it always has been that's and right i don't know again what changed where this got lost in translation as time went information. on information
1: information exposure and guess what at the end of the day there have been egregious deals and i don't think anybody would say like there haven't been people that have been taken advantage of and bad people in every industry bad people everywhere but as you become more successful
0: things change right yeah so from someone that has been, you know, Executive, Death Jam, Rock Nation, All Epic, all these crazy record companies that people know when you drop that name, and then you took a step back and you've started your own projects in the music industry. What aspects of the music industry can improve that you focused on that you've recognized that and brought that into your own projects?
1: I don't look at Exiting the business is a step back. I look at it as a new beginning moving forward because everything that I've brought to this point on signing Paris Gatlin, who's my the first release off of our label, who will be the next superstar in 2022, I've brought a host of knowledge and information and obviously training that I've spent the last several decades in the business. You know, one, I've, I've signed hit artists. Yeah. So I know hit talent. So identifying her has opened my eyes to say like, okay, you still have that aspect. I've put together some really good deals that are both fair to the artist as well as to the label because I believe like you should share. Absolutely. And ideally, I'd never want anybody that's in business with me five years from now and go, oh, he took advantage of me. No, it was fair, right? What you bring and what I bring and we're going to discuss it And let's get it moving. I think too, what's
0: happening right now is you have that, right? That happened, that fairness happened on both sides and something happened to piss the one side off. And now they want to go and talk about how it wasn't fair. But at the end of the day, like you said, the choice has always been yours.
1: For example, we were in, um, who shall remain nameless, of course. But so my artists, we had a big influencer branding company that wanted to come in and boy, they were going to put lot of money behind moving her forward but they wanted a hundred percent of her rights it's laughable yo dude who says that in 2021 so now who just does that anyway yeah but it's insulting i've seen these like who does that that's slave labor so once again back to what you asked earlier we could have took it but then how are you going to complain about you signed up for a bad deal, yeah. so it's what you're willing to give and take for and sure. how thirsty you are for sure right for success and believe you know I'm a true believer that you won't miss what's for you. You just have to wait the time for yeah. your time to come. Yeah,
0: I love it. I love everything you're talking about. How important is it my family being in the tax business and you know financial avenue, how important is it that we are educating artists? that you know come from nothing then get a lot of money about financial literacy to make sure that they're not losing all their money, right? And again, this is a conversation I've had with the rapper on the show where rappers have a persona that they go into chains, cars, watches. And it's not a bad thing, right? Because that's what the average person sees as a celebrity status. They see that person posting that picture in front of a G550 on the tarmac and they're like, God damn, that's awesome, you know, with the drop top dawn in the background. But how can we go about teaching more financial literacy to these artists so that they can make smart investments? They can put money away. They can buy crypto. Are you seeing this change or has this been something that there was a gap in? And then also, I answered that question first and then I'll say
1: something else. So a lot of it is going to be um, indicative on the actual talent and manager themselves. They have to have the quest and the thirst to want to be better, not just be popular. It's no different than anything else, any other franchise. You have to build a team. yeah, And you have to put yourself into, you know, situations and places where you're not just artists and talent, but also business-minded. Because it is a business. You yeah. become a franchise. You are now the business that is fueling everything else. So you have to put the time into education as well. Listening to podcasts yeah. like this, reading books, right? There's so For many sure. different music books that are available, right? For sure. You know, so ideally they have to take the time, just like what we talked about in the beginning of this time management. Yeah. You know, not only just writing songs and performing, but also like, guess what? If I don't do what's best for me, then potentially no one will do yeah. what's best for me, and I only get the worst of everyone else. Listen.
0: Let's start something, man. Start a a program (laughs) for tax education for these artists. We'll talk about it off the show. But what I wanted to say is I wanna go back to, and I completely forgot about it. You said, you know, taking a step back. And what I meant by taking a step back is I meant taking a step back and looking at the music industry, not a whole. Not that you were taking a step back in a negative way, but more about you were in it, right? And then you took a step back and you looked at it as a whole, and then you created your own project to see what can I do here? What can I change for the better here? One of those things. So I always like to rephrase it. So I just wanted you to know that because I always think it is so important and it's something that people do not do enough is no matter any situation in life, take a step back, look at it and talk about to yourself, Is this the right way? Is this the right thing to do? You gotta look at all avenues of it. And I think it's something that's very hard for people to do, but it's important because it gives you different perspectives on a decision you're gonna make, on a relationship you're gonna get into, on something you're gonna buy. You know, do I need it? Do I want it? Look at those types of things. So when taking a step back, I just wanted you to know what I meant by that. But I want to pivot for two seconds and go into your advice for those that wanna get into the music business? Because a lot of people have dreams about getting into it, not just being an artist, but being management, A&R, et cetera. What would you say to someone that came to you right now? Hey, I'm in college. I really wanna get into the music business. What advice can you give to me? It's really interesting you,
1: you asked me that question because I actually consult a young kid now who's in college, and looking to get into the music business. So the first conversation, I have to hear your music. Talent in this business is what's paramount. So if you don't have talent, don't waste your time. Being an artist doesn't mean you can't be in the business. You might be a producer, you might be a writer, you may be a, a creative, you know, you have to figure out what's gonna be your best angle for success in the music business. For me, as I said, in the beginning i had no aspirations and i've made a long career in the business because i found out how i fit in the business so starting one way doesn't mean you finish that way so i think what it does is being real going as you were stating earlier it's rising up bird's eye looking down and saying being truthful with yourself am i really who i am what i say i am or am i pretending yeah. If I'm an artist and it's seven years and no one likes my music, then maybe I'm just not a good <laughs> artist. And it shouldn't take you seven years. Yeah. Right? Or if I'm a manager but we never have money, then you're maybe not a good manager. Right. Like you can't the manage st- the money. Like, you're the, you're the yeah, spender. Yo, yo, dude, you're not good. Right. Yeah. So I think in entering any business and particularly we're talking about the music business, you have to know how you fit and you know the entry point once again is not potentially may not be the finish point yeah. but being able to pivot along the way is what's going to be important for a wholesome career do you think college is essential to go into the music industry is college needed i think people are going to take different journeys you know there are people who are classically trained there are people who have music degrees and then there are people who just have you know just amazing knack talent You know once again it's you know it's personal preference it's choice it's you know it's conviction it's how you move to get to where you need to be college isn't for everyone and colleges for some who are really looking for who have a true direction and vision and that's a necessity for them to get to where they are Mm -hmm. right ideally you don't want to discourage anyone but you know once again if you look at some of the richest people in the world
0: i always say you got to know what's best for you period you got to know when i talk about college that's all i can say is you got to know what's best for you i knew what was best for me because i knew i wanted to go to law school i always use that analogy so i know what i needed to get done in order to get to where i want to be and if you're lost a little bit try a few different areas out right try a few different
1: specialties out but i will say this before you go on the college piece is higher education is always important now it comes in different forms You can't not think about success and not keep moving your mind forward however it is right courses reading information degrees so don't just be the smart guy on the corner (laughs) you know i
0: always at the outro of every episode if you go and listen i talk about two things almost every single time first thing is always be a leader and lead by example while helping others along the way that's you know one of the things i live by on the show and i live by in my life the other is always be learning I don't care what you're going to learn if you're going to go and learn to kite surf or if you're going to learn how to speak another language or you're going to learn how to drive a stick shift car which is lost in today's world whatever it is always be learning because pushing yourself forward and knowing something is something that no one can ever take away from you they can never take away that knowledge that you have inside your head they could take away the watches the cars the shoes the underwear the fucking clothes off your back they can never take away your knowledge. So I always say that almost at the end of every single show. But a few last questions I have for you, and I think this one is pretty obvious, but I want you to say it because I always like to ask it. How important is it to network and connect with others in order to
1: succeed in general? It's the lifeblood of my life. I actually have a book, it's called On Impact, and I talk about that in my book. Did it come out yet? No, no, no. Yeah, it's
0: coming, I saw a pre-order, right?
1: Yeah, pre-order, right, but... Um, it's important in every aspect. Even you know, if you just take it from its root point, connecting with family, you know, calling cousins that that you haven't spoken with, and getting the value of conversation from folks is always important. And one thing will always lead to another if you put yourself in situations with positive people. You know, you'll find a easier path to travel, and your journey will be much more fruitful than just you know staying to yourself. And we all have different ways of communicating, right? But in business, if your goal is to be successful, It's going to be difficult if you don't expand your base if you don't reach out if you don't like release your vulnerabilities and put it all out and let people know and and accept what comes like every relationship is not going to be a relationship and every person you meet you're not going to marry right so you shouldn't think of relationships that way and evaluate them and read them appropriately and use them how you must
0: for sure and Again, I think something that our generation has lost, again, for all you listeners looking at a son, and I try and revive is this face-to-face interaction. It, to me, is so important. We could have done this interview on Zoom. We could have done this interview on FaceTime. But getting here, being able to look you in the eyes, being able to talk to you, shake your hand, meet your son... It's to me something that no Zoom, no FaceTime, nothing can replace. And when you have that face to face interaction, it is so real because I'm a people person. I read people, I read their energy, I read their body language and To know that my generation is okay with just texting, you know, even something is just texting. "Eh, I'll text them or I don't need to call them, even though that's not face to face. It's we're losing track of how to communicate with other humans. And a loss in that translation is respect, is, you know, being able to know what boundaries are. It's so crazy to me. So, like you heard Benny just say, he's got way more experience than I have in my life. He knows way more things than I know. He's way smarter than me. And he is telling you all how important it is to interact with other humans, to go out there and to be someone that's not sitting. I hate these LinkedIn people, man. They're always in my fucking (laughs) inbox. Uh, So I ran across your profile call my office. You see where we are. You can find me. Call the office. Schedule a meeting to come in here. We got offices all over. You can schedule a meeting to come in. And I think getting back to that human to human interaction is going to be so important to change this mess in society that I think we've created. And I hate to speak negatively upon it, but I think it's becoming so extreme with the cancel culture, with the online hate, with this. You go on Instagram, you're seeing more bad than good and you're not seeing good, right? Before, when Instagram first came out, it was pictures, people were happy, people were posting, and now it's, this person is doing this bad, and that person is doing this bad. Well, I think a lot of that stems from the idea that people aren't getting out. We aren't talking to one another. You're not driving 45 minutes to come and meet someone because we have Zoom,
1: but screw Zoom, you know what I mean? I mean, in all fairness, though, we actually didn't do that. You're my first interview, live interview.
0: 100%.
1: Since I started doing this, I've not been in anyone's studio. A big part of that was your energy, you know, your tenacity that you made the opportunity for me to come here important. And so why not? Like yeah, I appreciate for that, me, man. it was more about and I am that person to your point. Like I don't do business like big business unless we break bread. Yeah. Like I need to have a meal with you. Like yeah. I won't take your money. And I won't give you my money. If, you're ordered- if it's real, Brad, <laughs> if it's real, <laughs> I need to know who I'm dealing business yeah. with. You know, I mean, obviously you can't do that with everyone, but I don't have that much money. My money's important, right? My yeah. money's important to me to give. And if someone is giving me that, there has to be a relationship and a connection and to your point of what you were stating and i've worked with millennials and gen z's and all of those my whole career and that's what's kept me relative is the fact like the communication part of it is broken down because they don't know anything different i would have to tell young people out of college that worked for me and trained them Texting is not, I spoke with them. So if that's what you think you've done, like, but people think a conversation is a text, that's not a conversation from a guy who did door-to-door sales, right? You can't, there's a different skin in the game and understanding, so therefore, the social aspect of this generation people have to start understanding the value of what you said, you know, for you could have come to me, but I wanted to come to you. I wanted to see what you were like in your environment, not, me, you come to me in some hotel. No, nah, yeah. I want to see how good you were. Absolutely. And you know what? You really good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And you know, I offer that because there are people that don't want to come. You know, whether they're nervous about they've never met me before, which is sad that that has to go through someone's head today, or they just don't want to make the drive because of traffic. I don't care. I will come to you. I'll drive two hours to come to you because I want to look you in the face. I want to look you in the eyes. I want to see what your body language is. I want to see. I talk with my hands. I I want to see if you talk with your hands too. You know what I mean? So, you know, I appreciate what you said. I appreciate you coming out here. I have a few last questions and then we'll we'll conclude the interview. But because my family's in the tax business, I always like to ask this question. How important is it to have the best of the best tax
1: team on your side handling your tax matters? What? So in business, when creating any business and especially in the music business, and we also have our real estate business, as well there are a couple key players that you should day one have in your camp and on your team a great accountant and a great lawyer yeah that's the business and they (laughs) should be communicating they should know each other don't they don't need to know this and that side doesn't need to know that that's a losing strategy so if you're going to make money and you're going to have money you need to pay some money to the right people couldn't agree more. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you all are listening and do
0: have tax problems or need to file taxes or just have a simple question about taxes, feel free to call our office, 800-TAX-LEVY. You can also visit the website, levytaxhelp.com, read a little bit more about us, fill out a contact form. We have a live chat on there with someone from our office, too. But you just heard Benny and I pick up the damn phone and give us a call. <laughs> uh, Benny, how can someone contact you if a listener wants
1: to? All my socials, BennyPugh.com, B-E-N-N-Y-P-O-U-G-H.com. Got
0: it. And for the last question of the interview, and this is the one I ask every single guest, no matter if they're a plastic surgeon, no matter if they're fucking Benny Pugh, baby. What do you wish
1: you knew when you were in your early 20s? Man, I just, my early 20s, I wish I would have known how difficult the journey would be but if I knew that then I would know how rewarding it would be. So, you know, i I love I'm, it, I'm man, happy. that's a great answer.
0: That's a first. A lot of people say, you know, this or that or something along the lines that's a bit more cliche, but I love that answer. I think it speaks volumes again to the type of person you are and look at your achievements, look at your accomplishments. That also speaks to your character, to the type of person that you are, the type of leader you are, leading by example. But Benny, man, this has been, this has been one of my favorite episodes, <laughs> I think. I appreciate you coming on. I'll we'll have to kick I'll it off. I'll be
1: back. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We'll do a cancel culture episode <laughs> yeah. about music. We'll... Yeah,
1: don't get loose on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, we, we can
0: record you. I got the best of the best podcast producers do. in the game. We could do it while we're eating. It's crazy the things they can do. So I appreciate you coming on the show can't wait for this to go live can't wait for everyone to listen to it you've been a tremendous guest love your energy love your enthusiasm and love your knowledge so thank you man no one's learning this shit in school that's for damn (laughs) sure thank you man appreciate it all right i mean an interview really can't get much better than that a free-flowing conversation with honesty, enthusiasm. Everything about that interview, I absolutely loved. I love Benny. You can hear why he has the credentials to be the best of the best. So there's not much more I can say about that interview other than just wow. Listen, if you are listening to the show right now, please subscribe to the podcast no matter what platform you're on. However, if you are using the Apple Podcast app, Go and leave a five-star review for the show as it helps with the growth organically. I always like to see what you think about the show too, so leave a comment if you want to. Also, spread the word. Tell a friend, family member, co-worker, someone on the side of the street, as I always say, roll down your window. Tell them to listen to the best of the best Maverick's Guide to Success because everyone always has something to learn from this show. And remember, by listening to this show... I hold you all right now to a higher standard to always lead by example. You must be a leader in what you do and you must help others along the way. Well, That's it for this episode, everyone. I know I said I had a big announcement to make. We're pushing it off a little bit. So I'm sorry if I got you hyped up for that. But I promise you, it is worth it. It is awesome. Something with DBP is going down and with the best of the best. And we are creating something that you all will absolutely love and will find useful. So listen, you just finished an episode of the best of the best. Maverick's Guide to Success. Have a good one, everyone.